you had some homework that you wanted to do. How was that? It was good. I have it right here. I actually remembered to bring it. <laughs> um, yeah, I Yay. wrote it down when I was journaling a couple days ago um, or a week or two ago. And I just wrote it down because initially I was like, I want to type it. But there's something about physically writing for me that's just really cathartic. Yeah. So, yeah, I have it here. It's not super long, but it's like a page or so. So if you'd like, I could read it. Would you like to read it? Sure. Great. Okay. I would love to hear it. Okay. And celebrating you for for doing it, for doing what what you wanted to do and following through. That's big. Yeah, thank you. I actually wrote it on 7-9, so a couple weeks ago. I put my vision, the vision that I have for my life is to live a life that I love and am proud of and excited to live. It's a life that is both inspiring, meaningful, and fulfilling. I work a job I am super passionate about and is rewarding in a career that helps many people and a field that I adore. I get to explore and travel often. My relationships are full of love, curiosity, play, and healthy. I feel whole and complete within myself. I am deeply connected to my surroundings. Money is effortless and easy for me. I write and create content full time, and I'm abundant in all areas. Mm. I'm abundant in all areas. Wow. That's yeah. Nice. So after reading that, what are you experiencing? What do you notice? I feel sad because it feels so out of reach for me and uh, not possible like I have this weird thing where I feel like it's too late for me and that's so like yucky and victimy and like helpless but I feel like society has really brainwashed me into thinking that if you haven't made it by like 23 it's just too late for you like if you're not immersed in your career by 25 and if you're not uh making like six figures as an influencer at 22 like it's too late for you you're too old 27 nobody wants you like you're just thrown to the wayside and it's just so limiting and i don't know how to kind of undo that mm -hmm. yeah i'm so glad that you're bringing this up right now and i know that you have what it takes to see what it is that you really want and what's really important to you. Otherwise, I don't imagine you would be able to have that vision or see it so clearly and paint that picture for yourself. Um, so specifically today, um, what would you love to walk away with this session from I guess just more self-belief and feeling empowered and equipped and capable of achieving my goals because my boyfriend asked me the other day, he's like, what are, what are your goals for your life? And I was like, it sounded so pathetic. I was like, it doesn't even matter. Like my dreams are never going to come true. So there's no point in thinking about it. And then I was just like, oh that is not a cute look on you honey like we need to get rid of that <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in you that knows that that's perhaps not true. And there's something more that that you're really wanting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if you if you were to have more self-belief and be achieving your goals, what what might you be doing differently in your daily life? That's a really good question. I ask myself that often. Like if I believed in myself 100%, like what would I be doing? And I don't know if it's more so a matter of action, but I know for me, it's a lot of what I wouldn't be believing and thinking and saying out loud because I'm very spiritual. I, I really believe in manifestation and the law of attraction. And I think that the reason why I feel so stagnated and stuck is because anytime something good happens or has the potential to happen, I immediately shut it down with good things don't happen to me. And then it's just like this confirmation, like self-fulfilling prophecy where nothing good, quote unquote, has happened or I'm not catapulting in the direction that I want to be because I have such a like, um, learned helplessness mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder um, if there's a specific goal in your life that right now, you know, forget 10 years, forget <laughs> by the time I'm this, or if I had this, then um, what for you might be one goal in your life that you'd want to focus on in here or that would be really worth like playing at kind of at the game of life that would be would be worth it to you? Well, I have a lot of um, like external goals, like get signed by a traditional publisher. That's probably my biggest like land a, mm-hmm. a book deal with um The specific company is Andrew McNeil's publishing house. And I think they're in Missouri or something like that. Um, They publish all the like big time 21st century poets. So that's like the number one goal. Like if I could make it in any way, shape or form, it would be to work with them. But I think in here, I want to focus on less like external tangible goal and focus on like sustaining a healthy relationship because for so long that was a goal of mine to just be in a relationship with someone that's gentle and kind and loving and and I have that now but I'm destroying it and I'm like working on self-sabotaging myself (laughs) so the relationship doesn't work out and I think that that's something I'd like to focus on. Yeah. Great. That is so clear, crystal clear. So you in here want to really focus on the self-sabotaging thoughts. Um, and so you've got um, in, in part of your goal of um, being in a sustainable, sustaining relationship. Yeah, yeah. because I think the self-sabotage encompasses everything in my life, not just like career wise, but also especially relationships and even the relationship to myself. 
Yeah. Sort of focused here on on that particular area in your life, you're seeing that it would also impact other areas of your life too. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That is um, such a brilliant place to start. And our intimate relationships um, are such a manifestation of like the hero's journey. Um, And um, it's such a courageous place to be willing to look. So um, yeah, do you want to tell me a little bit more about what what's happening now with the self-sabotaging and and how you're seeing it, how you're experiencing it right now in your relationship. Sure. Because I think that like intimate relationships really mirror a reflection about how we feel or treat ourselves. Um, The last week has been especially hard because of just a lot of financial stress. Um, So I kind of fell into like this, poor me like spiral which kind of triggered my depression and then I just found myself taking out my frustration on my boyfriend who is nothing but like sweet and loving and like tries to help he's a very fixer type of person um Mm -hmm. like immediately offers solutions to whatever is bothering me which sometimes like If that's not what I want, I just want someone to kind of empathize and sit with me and hold a space for me. It makes me even more overwhelmed and angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this week, we kind of had like a rocky week. Um, I found myself doing the whole like push and pull thing where I am passive aggressive and just distance myself from him and ignore him. And then I say things I don't mean like, oh, let's just break up or let's just take a break when really I don't mean that. It's just like I just feel so toxic and manipulative sometimes, which is interesting because I was always on the receiving end of that in every single one of my past relationships. I dated addicts. I dated abusive people. I dated compulsive liars. And now the tables have turned (laughs) and kind of like I'm scared of my ability to hurt him sometimes. So that's how it shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're wanting something different with this partner because it's a new, it's a new opportunity that you're seeing. And um, what for you is the most important thing about having a sustainable relationship right now? I just really want to break the cycle of dysfunction in my relationships because I know it'd be super easy for me to just dump my boyfriend and hop into another relationship with someone that's emotionally unavailable and unhealthy. So I don't want to do that. I actually want to, he's really teaching me what it's like to love and be loved correctly, which I've never known in my life. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I can see how important that is to you. Um, yeah. And if you were to break the cycle of a dysfunctional relationship, what, what would you be doing differently? 
allow myself to receive love, which is really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what worries you the most about receiving love? I was thinking about this the other day when I was taking a walk. I was thinking, like, perhaps the reason I'm so afraid to let myself be vulnerable and intimate with my boyfriend is because the last time I thought I was in love and I thought someone loved me, like, it completely destroyed me um, to the point where I almost, like, either he was going to kill me or I was going to kill myself. Like, it was a very violent relationship. Um so I think maybe that idea of being in a situation where I feel those deep feelings again, just like scares the hell out of me. Yeah. So for me, it's a lot easier to just be emotionally unavailable or not give my all. Yeah. Well, that would make so much sense. Not only is love one of the scariest things, but also if you've had these past experiences that have been so intense and, and scary, it would make so much sense that that would, that that would occur yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for you, um, you're wanting to, be able to break that cycle? Is it of specifically having these blocks of receiving love or the fear that comes up? I think it's both. I have a lot of resistance and hesitancy in picturing a future with this person, even though he's the first individual who I can actually like imagine a long-term relationship and a life with but I kind of don't allow myself to go there because I just think that I don't know I think it's not possible for me or I think that like I doubt my ability to be in a long-term relationship because a lot of me is like my attachment I'm very like avoidant attachment I have a lot of fear of intimacy and like commitment phobia um so i don't know it's like all of that combined <laughs> just makes this big mess <laughs> yeah yeah and for you when um when you're feeling avoidant to to love and to receive love and you notice that, what's the worst part about that for you? The worst part is that it just confirms the belief I have that nobody could love me. I'm unlovable. I'm not worthy of love. Everyone leaves me and I'm always rejected. Um, yeah. Is that you're confirming that belief? Mm -hmm. yeah. so what's coming up for you right now as you're saying this it's just a lot of mixed emotions I get so confused because some days I'm like head over heels 
for my boyfriend. And then like the next day, I'm just like, I don't want a relationship. And he's very um, like securely and healthfully attached. And he wants someone like a life partner, someone he could get married with um, and spend the rest of his life with. And sometimes I just doubt that I'm ready for that. And I don't know why. Like, why would I not be ready to be happy? I don't know. It's confusing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're saying there's a lot of thoughts that come up in certain moments, not all the time, but on certain days. And they have this flavor of I'm always going to be rejected. I am not worthy of love. Um, There's kind of like, I wonder, like when we went through that monkey mind symptoms checklist, if there's kind of a greatest hit in your mind that kind of hit. Yeah, definitely. I think I have, I think it's all rooted in just like fear of abandonment and like not seeing my own value. And for me, I'm always, I've never been broken up with ever. And I don't say that as like a proud thing I think it just speaks to like my fear of loss that it's kind of like I'm gonna leave you before you have the ability to reject me kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah I'm gonna leave you before you have the ability to reject me yeah yeah so if this were a monkey mind conversation, these thoughts, I'm going to leave you before you leave me, or, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be rejected. Um, if, if there was one thought that kind of seems to be at the core of it, what would that be? What do you mean? Like at the core of that, belief yeah I think it's just like fear and avoiding grief Mm -hmm. like fear of being hurt yeah yeah so if that were a monkey mind conversation and and looking back at monkey mind um what symptoms um might you be demonstrating with that conversation? I'd say that the symptoms would be possibly excuses and justification, kind of going back to that like self-fulfilling confirmation bias type of thing. Mm. Um, also sc- scarcity thoughts to an mm. extent, I guess, or being the victim. I don't know if that makes sense, but those are the ones that kind of pop out. Hmm. Yeah. Which one pops the most out for you? It's interesting I said those ones because those are kind of last time we talked were the ones I had the hardest like time with, the ones that I found were most popping up in my everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I think that they're kind of all interconnected and related to 
one another. Also either or thinking because I have this idea in my mind that I'll even say out loud to my boyfriend. I'm like, well, either you're going to hurt me or I'm going to hurt you. So I have to be the one that does it. Like it's kind of goes down to that. Like either love ends in pain or it ends in like, it's, it never ends well in my mind. So I don't know if that's either or thinking. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, I'm wondering if number three rings true for you. Yeah. Talking of the past or future as if it is present, because a lot of times I think we base our beliefs or our present or how we think our future is going to turn out based off of our history and our past. Cause that's what we know. Like that's what we're comfortable with and used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what are you, what are you experiencing as you're seeing these monkey mind symptoms and silently pointing to them and seeing them. I feel like something really challenging for me is that I know all of this rationally. Like I know when I'm not being logical. Um, I have like that self-awareness and insight, but sometimes, sometimes I just get so tired. Like I don't always want to every day have to work on myself. It, it gets exhausting sometimes to have to constantly try to heal your wounds. And a large part of why I am kind of avoidant and relationship averse is because relationships are hard. Like they make you see things that you don't want to see And it's Mm -hmm. painful to have someone just mirror, like relationships are like a mirror, like I said, and they bring our wounds to the surface. So sometimes it's like hard to have to deal with that, you know, and see where I'm projecting and see where I'm not being completely kind. And it's so much easier to just be single. (laughs) Mm Hmm. Yeah, and what I'm hearing you say, a lot of what you see is this monkey mind that comes up for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also the bargaining is relevant because I think because a lot of my my pain is self-inflicted, I'm very critical of myself and of other people sometimes too, because it's like all related. But I always think that I'm so disgusting and no one could ever love me because I'm so ugly and I'm so fat. So the bargaining, when I read that, it kind of stood out and I thought that was prevalent because I think, well, if I was perfect and I looked like Angelina Jolie, then I would be worthy of love. But because I am not, because I'm so insignificant and flawed, like no one could ever love me. And then I start getting mad at my boyfriend because I'm like, you're just using me until someone better comes along. You're going to leave me five years down the line for a 21 year old. 
And it's not true. Like, I don't have any evidence to support that belief, but it kind of just, I let it run my life and my belief system. Yeah, well seen, well seen. And when you're focused on that conclusion, what what do you do or not do? I think I push him away a lot and I get very resentful. I have a lot of resentment towards my boyfriend for things that he's never even done or said. <laughs> it's like I make this story up in my mind and I'm just adhering to this old narrative. Um, mm. And mm-hmm. that causes me to just detach from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you get resentful and you create a narrative and then that causes you to detach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, is it true um, that um, that these beliefs that that you're saying to yourself, um, if there were if there were one in today's session, kind of coughed up a bunch. Um, if there was one that kind of just for today you wanted to focus on that was bothering you the most, what would it be? Mm. It's hard to pinpoint down to one. I'd like to believe that I'm enough and that I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what for you are the thoughts or beliefs that, that get in the way of that? I feel like it's it's so much easier to talk about the beliefs that like support <laughs> my negative thinking than it is to think of like the positive mm-hmm. side of what I want to believe. But I feel like I'm not enough because I feel damaged. I feel broken and like I'll never be able to be repaired or fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm a bad person because bad things happen to me. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not enough because I don't have a successful flourishing career. I don't have the cultural standard of beauty. Um, and I just feel like I'm not a good person because I hurt people and people that hurt people aren't good people. So. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, what, um, what monkey mind symptoms might there be? Be with this thought that I'm not enough, I'm damaged, I'm broken, I'll never be able to be fixed. All of them. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Especially taking things personally because I have those beliefs based off of how people have treated me in the past. So I think that 
I was conditioned to believe you're a bad person because you didn't like satisfy my needs or you didn't drop everything to like do this for me. So therefore you're a bad person. So a lot of it comes down to taking things personally based off of other people's actions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you're really seeing that that one rings true, that there's a way that you are taking things personally based on events that happened in the past. Yeah, because I always tell everyone, like, someone, someone's ability to show up for you doesn't speak to your ability to be loved. Like, just because someone else can't see your worth doesn't mean you don't have worth. I tell that to everyone because the way we treat people has nothing to do with other people. It has everything to do with ourselves. And yet when it comes to myself, like personally, like it, that like gets thrown out the window because a few years ago I was in a really bad relationship and like, I've never had my heart broken this bad ever. Like, my dad dying wasn't even half as painful as this relationship was to me. And I always think because that person couldn't love me when I did everything I thought I could do and gave them everything I thought I could give, they still like couldn't love me. Therefore I will never be good enough for the rest of my life. And it's just like, it's so limiting and it's just a very hurtful belief, but I don't know how to get rid of it. Well, one thing that you're doing right now is to notice that it's a belief. Yeah, that's true. It's not necessarily true. Yeah. And so we could ask, is it true that you're a bad person because bad things happen to you? I guess not. Who is the person in you that, that knows that? Um, I think as like woo-woo as it sounds, like my spirit or my higher self, the part that like can't be damaged or touched by this like physical world. I think that's the part of me that believes that. Yeah. Yeah. That in there, there is a knowing that, that knows that you have access to that this isn't true. Yeah, I always think of it as, like, the devil and the angel on my shoulder. Like, there's Mm -hmm. my soul, which the voice sometimes just pops up and out and is, like, very tiny. It's my intuition. And then there's, like, the devil that's, like, this scared little kid in me that's been hurt and is just, like, my ego. And the voice is just so loud. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> the the big devil on one shoulder and the little angel on the other. And I, I believe I was saying that 
know, despite how big the devil may seem, you still have access to this angel. Yeah. Yeah. And what in you makes that possible? Mm. I know that she's in there, but like I said, the other side is just so much more loud. And um, I think when I like meditate and I do yoga and I like volunteer with animals or just spend time in nature being grounded, that's when I feel most connected to my inner self or even in times like these, like in therapy or coaching, writing, just in a state of flow, um, that's when it's easiest for me to connect with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so what you're saying is that this spirit angel knows that you are more than what's happened to you and knows that you are not a bad person and knows that you that you are not broken. Yeah. So for you, if you weren't focusing so much, and I hear how challenging it is, right? Because the devil is big. The devil is scared, right? (laughs) It's loud. Um, But if you weren't focusing so much on the conclusion that you're damaged, that you're bad, um, that you're not enough, what might that for you to focus on instead? I feel like I'd be a lot kinder to myself and just be more patient and have more empathy for, like, I would allow myself to be imperfect. I would celebrate my flaws. I would embrace my imperfections rather than judging myself for them. And Mm -hmm. I think I would just give myself that space and that freedom to just be Mm -hmm. human and not have to just criticize myself over everything. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) What's more interesting to you? Um, having these thoughts that you're, that you're not enough and criticizing yourself and telling yourself that you're damaged or broken or being kinder, more patient, more empathic, giving yourself the, the freedom to be imperfect um, and just be human. Well, the latter is the goal. But it's also so, it's more difficult because the former just feels like that's the way it's been the last 26 years. So that feels like home. It feels familiar. It feels true. Of course. Of course it does. And when monkey mind is speaking or the big devil or however you want to call it, that's the thing is that it thinks it's true Mm -hmm. it doesn't know the difference and so what you've been doing today so well 
is that the moment that you can observe it and you can say, oh, this is my monkey mind. Um, this is just the scared devil right now that is taking things personally. That's the moment that you begin to have a little bit more choice in your thoughts. The moment that you can even say what it is out loud to yourself and free up a little bit more choice to be something different, to make a different choice for yourself. And it's not a matter of get just getting rid. Like if I were able to get rid of monkey mind and we were able to just do that, I would probably have my own private island. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so this is just such a part of the hero's journey that you're on. And it's so normal to be experiencing this. Yeah, that's so true. And a, a lot of me, I was thinking this yesterday, like a lot of me seeks external gratification and like outward validation to prove I am or I am not enough. And I feel like if we're always relying on other people or things outside of us to determine our worth and our happiness, then like I'm not even giving myself the chance to be happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really important to you to give yourself the chance to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were in one small way to be able to demonstrate this voice of wisdom that you have, this spirit that being kinder, patient, empathic, embracing your, your imperfections. What might someone who is acting from this place do or look like in a situation with your partner? Hmm. That's a, a good question. I think for one, I would accept a compliment from him <laughs> because I've learned that like not accepting compliments is kind of like someone giving you a gift and you just throw it on the floor and stomp on it. Like it's not very kind or loving. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just have to accept the damn compliments. <laughs> it's so, it's so yucky and like awkward though, because I get so uncomfortable when people compliment me because I automatically assume they're lying to me or they feel sorry for me or they're mm -hmm. paying too much attention and like looking at me and that makes me feel really like attacked and naked. So I will say thank you instead. <laughs> so you're willing to say thank you instead, even though all those thoughts are there. I will do my best. Yeah. I will practice. Yeah. Are you willing to do it? I can try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what for you would support you along the journey of accepting a compliment? What would feel supportive for you? For me, there has to be little to no pressure, I think, because when there's pressure, I get 
anxious and stressed of the expectation that like I have to, okay, I have to accept this compliment. Therefore, if I ever mess up and don't accept it, then I'm trash and I failed. So I think just taking off that pressure. Taking off that pressure. Yes. (laughs) Very wisely spoken. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what might help you access that angel on your shoulder in a moment like that? Pausing. Because mm. mm-hmm. there's my immediate reaction and then there's like the reaction that I'd like to have, I guess, perhaps. So I feel like mm-hmm. allowing myself to just take a breath and pause and digest mm-hmm. instead of immediately responding and being reactive to just give myself a chance to think like, how would I like to respond to this? Mm-hmm. Great. So wise. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Um, and is there any ways that I could support you while you're so bravely going into this this hero's journey of accepting a compliment? Maybe just like holding me accountable on another homework assignment. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> hey, what would you like your homework assignment to be? I think maybe that could be my homework assignment to this, uh, to just try my best until like we meet in the future to just, cause he, he compliments me every day. So okay. well, this is a rare opportunity to practice. Yeah. I guess that could be my assignment to just take the compliment. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you have a, a really wise strategy of pausing first and also it sounds like two tools that you're bringing with you is pausing and then giving yourself some permission for it not to be perfect to try to be learning which is so brilliant which is part of your your wise self just shining through yeah well Brilliant. I will be here. Feel free to email me. Let me know how it goes. If there's celebrations, if there's, you know, the journey, the hero or the heroine's journey is not like straight, (laughs) right? We encounter lots of different things along the way and it's totally normal. So I will be here uh, alongside of you and here for support if you need it. Um, and, um, yeah, what for you is, is something that you'd like to take away from this conversation today? There is so much, um, I guess that not every thought is true. Like just cause you have a belief, it doesn't mean that it's true. It could just be a passing thought and you could just kind of observe it and say like, oh, okay, I see that thought. I let that thought go. It doesn't have to be my reality. 
Brilliant. Hmm. And um, what are you willing to acknowledge yourself for from today? This is so hard. Um, I guess I acknowledge myself for just showing up for myself and trying to do the work because it's a lot easier to just be unconscious of our behaviors and just not care how they impact others. And I'm kind of trying to work on this stuff so that I can be more deliberate in my in my actions towards others. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, and I would say not only are you trying, but you are working on it very, very actively mm -hmm. and very courageously. 